Hello, welcome to the Dear Balladeer podcast, the podcast where we find the perfect song for your predicament. I'm your host, Sadie Gustafson Zook. So today we have a question about where to be and what to do there. Um, this was an extremely popular question and also very popular with songwriters, but I decided to feature myself and my friend Alex Spiegelman today um, because I've spent the last year writing songs specifically on this topic and I felt like it might be a nice introduction. So this also is an exciting episode because it was recorded live in New York, in Brooklyn, in the Webster House. So without further ado, let's say hi to Alec. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yo. Hi, Alec. Hi, Sadie. How are you doing? <laughs> I am doing really well. Great. I'm excited to be... I've never done a podcast episode in the same room as somebody else. It's, it's pretty exciting. And yeah. I am on tour in New York, and it worked out. Yes. So, yes. Really excited to have you here. Okay. Um, can you just give me some information about yourself? Like, uh, where where are... Well, I established we're in New York. We're but, in Brooklyn, New York. Um, maybe you could start with like what identities are important to you. Oh, well, I'm living in Brooklyn, New York. I am, uh, I grew up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I'm professionally a musician. That's a pretty good start, mm -hmm. I think. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no. Great. Um, those places, that, that activity, you know, those are, I think, the basic things. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, before we venture into the world of the song, okay. Um, I just have some more, just like general Great. get to know ya Very questions. Exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so could you say a little bit more about specifically like what you do day to day? So I I sit in this home studio, and when you were on the way here today, I was finishing a. a flute bass clarinet and clarinet overdub for a pitch for a commercial okay that my friend who's a composer in LA is pitching today so I do stuff like that occasionally I do similar work for a, a TV show that a buddy in Nashville writes for I periodically get engaged to make records with people including yourself mm -hmm. I get to make beautiful <laughs> records um, and then that'll accommodate that, that that'll uh, um that'll take some you know days or weeks of my time and might be organized one you know little spurts of work um and i learn people's music for shows that i have coming up mm -hmm. and i try to make this home studio better periodically <laughs> and otherwise improve my apartment and then i work on music of my own you know uh, my own songs as i said at some other point in this interview, I don't know where it's <laughs> going to be headed to before or after this comment. But I said that I, I mostly write songs these days, and I'll be writing those and um, working on recordings of my own music, too. Yeah. Cool. What did you want to be when you were younger? Well, I, I, I did want to be a musician, which I am now, but I also came to the conclusion that that was an irresponsible thing to be, and I still baby stand by that a little bit and 
I also wanted to be a scientist or maybe an engineer or something science adjacent. Mm -hmm. And I pursued that for a while. Um, I wanted to be other things too. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a playwright. I, I had various dreams and motivations that fizzled out at different points, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, this this might be a good a good question great for you to address the for the the one the user submission question ah, or not user right. okay good listener submitted listener question submission. yeah um because you have like had different periods of time in your life when you've done different things that's correct and lived different places perfect okay yeah. well put a pin in it but mm -hmm. um do you have an example of creative expression from your youth that you still think about today um, I think a lot about a, uh, acting that I did in my youth because I, I have written songs about that, about mm. that experience. I, I, I pursued, I pursued that in some minor ways where I was growing up. And one of the things I did was I was in a film about the Amish that plays at a tourist no trap still about the Amish. Oh my gosh. Um, Were you like an Amish child? I was dressed and playing the role, dressed as and playing the role of an Amish child. And of course there was no one Amish who had anything to do with the production. Uh -huh. So I think back on that now and I'm like, oh, that's a little, like, it's definitely all kinds of places for yeah. that to be insensitive to the actual Amish experience and by their very nature, they would not participate in right. such an endeavor. Um, and it still plays to this day. And I have I have written and occasionally perform a song about that experience. Um, that's one thing. Oh, that's fun. It was it was a, it's a crazy experience to think back on. Yeah. Um, and there's photographic evidence that I recently <laughs> unearthed again from my parents' basement in Harrisburg. Okay, yeah. that reminds me of. And the, well, so I like grew up in Goshen, which is like a really Mennonite town, in and there's a lot of Amish tradition. people. Yeah, yeah there's totally, like a lot totally, of Amish people right, around. Right. And one time, <laughs> for a while, I was really into dressing up as an Amish kid. Wait, because as I, like a I, thing you would do? I kind of wanted to be Amish for a little bit. Crazy. And <laughs> okay. I like had this outfit that I bought at like an Amish store because mm -hmm. you could just buy their clothes. Right, right, because they sell them. At, yeah, yeah, totally, right. <laughs> and I like I, I wore to, it yeah. to church once. And this was like a really progressive church that was like no. But still a Mennonite church. It was Mennonite church, but, but, like, but, but like no one was even remotely close to being Amish. There. No old order action. Yeah, and yeah. I like showed up wearing like a bonnet and yeah. like this whole dress. And then the there was an old lady there who knows a lot of Amish people. And she oh. was like, Oh, who's your family? I was like, well, you know my family, but I'm just like this little kid, and I'm not Amish, and and it is kind of an experience that it is. It's like it is cultural appropriation, but totally. also I it is tangential to my actual identities. It would be like me dressing up as an Orthodox Jew, yeah, a little bit or something like that, which is like. It almost, it feels, I don't know. Well, that's, I mean, there's Orthodox Jews who want me to do that. <laughs> like, like, so arguably, you know, it, it's, uh, it, I, I mean, I could, I could see them taking it positively. Yeah, know? I'm not, <laughs> I don't look back on it with um, pride. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny move. But I, it is a funny complicated. move. It's complicated, yeah. Yeah. Right. And anyway, your story just reminded me of that. It's classic. <laughs> okay well let's move on um what 
was the first song that you wrote and what was the context? Oh, well, I, I wrote instrumental music for a while at, on my way to becoming a musician. Um, but the first song and the first song that I wrote that had words, which I'll go there because I'm not even sure I could <laughs> locate the first instrumental <laughs> thing that I wrote was when I was in um, in music school and I had formed this band with other people I was in music school with called Cuddle Magic. Mm-hmm. And it kind of was presented to me as an opportunity for like, like different people sang and brought in songs. And so I wanted to get in on that. Yeah. And I took an exercise that I had written for school and I put words to it. And it was a very like, it, it was like a composition according to kind of like very strict um uh it had like strict rules about what intervals it used and what order they 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 appeared uh. in i think it was a palindrome or something okay. intervallically and i and i like wrote a poem to it about an experience i had recently had emotionally and it was pretty it was pretty decent i i still i hear it back now and i'm I feel like the singer is a totally different person because they're. I'm now, I think, a better singer. Much <laughs> like I, that was the beginning of me even considering singing in public, and the whole thing is like a little sort of concise, artsy presentation that I'm not sure I'd be in a rush to perform, but I think it holds <laughs> up. You know. Do you feel like that way of writing in a like kind of like just very structured almost like scientific like way i don't know we're gonna play a song that you and i wrote i i we wrote right together and you were like it was the first time i had done a co-write that was oh in that way did i because i don't even think of now that i'm thinking back on the the things that i brought the table in that brought to the table for that co-write i don't think of them as being particularly um uh, quantitative or structured, but I could see how they would be. The stuff that I'm hearkening back to in this first composition seems to be much more like uh, in that world. And yet, maybe it does reveal that I have these little kind of games and uh, like structures that I set up for myself in order to find my way through compositions mm-hmm. and give them some kind of integrity. I'm so curious what you're going to bring up as what what you recall. Yeah, well, I'm not those. sure if I should do it yet okay or I don't if know. we should do it later well you could always edit it differently yeah okay yeah. so it was like i mean i so i brought the melody to you right and right. i had like the chorus such a good chorus down and then i was like where should i go in the verses right. so we were working together to try mm-hmm. to figure out um yeah the phrasing and the words for the various verses yeah and you were paying really close attention to like the phrasing like Mm. the syllables and the phrasing okay and like the the structure of it in a like i don't remember what it actually is if it's like a i remember maybe (laughs) yeah maybe I, i remember you had that chorus and maybe you had a few or maybe you hadn't even identified it as a chorus yet uh-huh is that is like you had this melody and a few different well, you had a general melody and then a bunch of different very specific melodies that fit over it with words, uh-huh. maybe like three or four of them or something. And I might have grabbed one of them and said, oh, that's the chorus. Mm-hmm. And then 
we fleshed out the others and maybe introduced some new material. Yeah, I just specifically remember like you were paying more attention to like the way that the words sounded. Okay. And that you were like trying to match something that I had never thought about matching before. Ah, like that rhythm. Like, oh, yeah, that syncopation is so good. Um, and I, I mean, like, I, I pay attention to, you know, kind of, but. Tons, yeah. yeah. All, all kinds, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it was, it was interesting and new to me. Yeah. And that, to me, that's a connection between your. It could be. Early writing, maybe. It could, could very well be. Even though it's like, maybe way less like saturated in structure. Yeah. Yeah, and also everyone just feel here like maybe keys into different things that they that strike them as interesting. Yeah, I wonder if there's like a half dozen of those moments that were already kind of the framework for the song in your mind, and I just fixated on another one, uh. <laughs> like a different yeah. one or something. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. Hi there, Sadie piping in here from the future. I wanted to let you all know that this podcast happens thanks to your support and the support of our Patreon page. This page is under my personal name and helps fund my creative projects. But as far as this podcast goes, by subscribing for as little as $5 a month, you will gain access to the exclusive members-only songwriter sessions, which is an extended version of this podcast where I dig a little deeper with the songwriters. We talk about their process, their experience of being a professional musician, and we just have a slightly more candid conversation. In addition to the songwriter sessions, some of the other perks of becoming a supporter are monthly songwriter accountability meetups online, where we check in, share what we've been working on, and dig into a little prompt. Um, You'll also have exclusive access to my musical catalog, as well as unreleased demos. So that's pretty special. And sometimes I send out some handmade little goodies in the mail. So if you're interested in becoming a member, head on over to patreon.com slash SadieBGZ and join the coolest kids around. Shall we get into the question from the writer? Great. Okay. So, well, from the person. So this episode, I had had two questions that were like kind of in the same vein. All right. Um... And it would be smart to just choose one, but I'm going to read them both (laughs) (laughs) because I feel like they are similar and also slightly different. So the first one is, um, Dear Balladeer, I feel like I could live multiple lives, be the girl who went to grad school out west or the girl who stayed in Hawaii or the girl who busted her ass and got a fellowship at the White House or the girl who became an au pair in Spain. But I can't be all of her. I will never meet those girls. I have to choose and say no to these versions of myself. How do I say no to these potential full lives I could live? And then I'll just read the second one too. And then we can just have an overarching conversation about both of them. Um, Dear Balladeer, I'm trying to figure out where I want to live. And I have competing loyalties to different places. Family, friends, meaningful work, beautiful geography. How do I decide? Hi. Okay. This is Sadie piping in from the editing booth. Um, Today, we're going to try something a little bit new, which is that we are going to answer the question initially with the song. Um, Me and Alec wrote this song together, 
and we actually recorded it right before we recorded our conversation. So I thought that it would be fitting and our conversation will make more sense if we just start right off the bat with our song. So without further ado, this is City Song slash Where I Want to Be Found. Have you read the book, the, how was it called? The Midnight Library? No. Okay. It's like a book that was kind of popular recently, and it is basically like 
this person finds this library and all of the books are different versions of her life with if she made like one different choice cool so it's like and then she like goes through a couple of those confronting confronting those those uh you know closed doors those Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so i guess i could just ask you yeah what are just what are your initial thoughts that come up from either of those questions. Well, they both, they both, uh, they're both this song, basically, mm-hmm. you know, so which I now I understand how to put this episode <laughs> together. Um, and the second one is the quick and dirty, um, mundane version of the question where am I going to live? And it's so concrete. Mm-hmm. And the first one kind of looks a little broader and from, that question. I can't remember even if the first questioner included location. They may they may have, but um, opens you know acknowledges that in choosing location and maybe in choosing some other things, you determine so many other decisions about the life you're going to live, and it's mm-hmm. going to go by fast, and you're only going to get to do one, and you're not going to get to do all those things, and and live among all those people, and mm-hmm. and. and yeah, it's like you, you kind of cast your die and then at some point you you, you can always I guess reset and, and 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 change one's direction but it but then at some point it's over, you know. Right. Yeah. You don't have unlimited time. Yeah. It's also I'm thinking about it now I'm like even wondering like sometimes I wonder if we have any choice at all. You know, like that's like the classic like theological question mm. and scientific question. Is there it like like both worldviews confront that question of like what do you mean choose where you live like <laughs> it's just gonna happen and also we have a sense of free will so yeah whether it's true or not <laughs> um yeah it's a complicated one i think about it a lot i'm sure everyone thinks about it a lot i think i thought about it when i was younger I think I think about it in a different way now because mm-hmm. I have a sense that like a good half of my life is past in all, yeah. in, in, in all likelihood, Yeah, you know? And so like I've made this commitment and I think about these things when I'm helping my parents move out of my childhood home mm. and looking all back on all that in perspective and seeing what I thought I was going to do when I was eight or at least what I wrote to my teachers in response <laughs> to that assignment and things like that and what I thought of my parents and my my uncles and aunts and and all all that life where I thought I was going to be when I was 25 and 30 and 35 and 40 and ages yet to come. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I will say not to make you feel like elderly, but you are the oldest person that I've had on this podcast and I've only had, this will be the third episode, so it's not hard. I appreciate that. (laughs) But I just recognize that you will have a little bit more, just a few more years to reference. Yeah, a couple more years to reference. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Um, (laughs) Because I definitely, like, just went through a bunch of, like, locational life transitions. And there were were drastic upsets to your location Mm -hmm. and your presumed five and 10 and 15 and lifelong plan. Yeah, I was like on the West, like I moved to the yeah, West Coast right. with a partner. Mm-hmm. And then, and the idea was like, okay, so we're going to have a Subaru and a dog. This is the dream. And like, I mean, a really good plan. Totally, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, it doesn't take that much for the plan to just not be the plan anymore. Like, 
did you feel like, like I don't want to pry too much, but how do you feel at the end of this? Do you feel like, all right, that now I'm where I should be? Yeah, I do. Good. Great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like, yeah, there was nothing wrong with that plan. It yeah. could have been really cool. Mm-hmm. And like parts of it were really cool. Yeah. And also like... I guess just to fill in the people that don't know my mm-hmm. life story. So I like lived in Boston for a few years. Yeah. I grew up in Indiana yeah. and um, went to college there and then went to Boston and was in grad school and met a bunch of musicians and got more into the like folk and rootsy scenes. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then I moved to Seattle like basically a year minus four months, a um, year plus four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A while ago. <laughs> and then, um, ended that relationship and then was like, I don't know where I want to go. And that was, I think, the big pivot where it was like, yeah. okay, well, do I return to what I know mm-hmm. in Boston? Do I try to start a new community, whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't even thinking at that point about returning to my hometown. Mm. Um, like that was not really on my radar. Right, right. Wait, did you write, write the chorus of this tune? You wrote this about you, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's true. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. but So then I... Is it raining? I think it might be raining now. It's kind of nice. I, I love like, it. Yeah. Yeah. Into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So then I decided to move to Nashville, yeah. which was kind of funny. I was... I've, I've never been someone who had the dream of living in Nashville, and everybody would be like, oh, you're a musician. You should move to Nashville. And it's always under consideration. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I went through a period of thinking I should live in Nashville, but I never got that close to living in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I considered it. Yeah. yeah. And I had like a, lot, a bunch of my friends from Boston had moved to Nashville during mm-hmm. the pandemic. So right, right. I, it didn't feel like Boston was as I, like I had as much there. Mm-hmm. Um I had more there than I had in Nashville, but, um, but anyway, I decided to move to Nashville and then was only there for a number of months before I kind of decided that I was going to take some space from Nashville and decide if that's actually where I want it to be. Right. And that's the point at which I wrote the song. So the natural language is like where I want to be, where, like, where do I want to be? Not where I want to be found. Mm -hmm. And I think, I just want to point out from a little songwriter perspective that I think found has a dark potential implication. Like where you're going to die. Yeah, where you're going to die. Yeah. You know, and however that happens and when it happens and who finds you. And also it has a really innocent implication and just another turn of phrase and another way to talk about where one is. Oh, where where can you find Sadie? Oh, you can find Sadie in Indiana. <laughs> but it has that darker implication uh-huh. just by virtue of being there. And it's such a funny turn of phrase and it makes that chorus so powerful. And I think it makes mm. the song for, for me and or I wanted like for me, that's what that song is about. Is about like, where do you end up? Yeah. All the senses of end. Interesting. You know? Yeah, I think... <laughs> Not just that. No, I know. And it has other meanings too, you know. Like, yeah. Like... I think that I was thinking more about like community. Mm. Like in what community do I want to be f- f- found? Even like it's found still... found in the sense of the word is founded, like coming like a foundation even, like a little bit of that etymology or just just Maybe. Of, like... I think more like 
just like groups of people yeah. like right like where can i find you you can find me at club passim or right. like yeah and it's that it's totally that yeah yeah but but i think that ultimately the question was more like okay if i want a root yeah where where are the roots gonna go yeah i wonder if that's related to why people say things are founded or foundations i wonder what the etymology is of that and if it's related to that past tense for the death kind of no to like to find like the Mm -hmm. verb to find and then the past tense found oh like what what, what's the is there a relationship between to found and to be a founder and the foundation of a building and something that one finds or can be found Mm. in a location or in a place or is it an accident of english being crazy yeah i don't know yeah i guess could look it up i don't know but um yeah so anyway i wrote this song yeah right right (laughs) and then i decided to move back to indiana and that was an interesting decision you decided to move after you wrote the song well no i guess i decided to move right before i wrote the song okay but i was like i wrote the chorus yeah. I wrote the chorus when I was driving through Richmond. <laughs> Good. And and so what prompted that? What was the inspiration um, there? Well why 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 that day of your drive? Well, it was a nice day. Yeah. I was and let's see. I I was thinking especially the verse that's like every place where I wake up I wonder what it looks like here when the economy's rough. Yeah. Because well, yeah. I was getting the vibe from Richmond, which I really liked, mm-hmm. that like they had enough of each kind of fun stores or cafes or mar- like whatever, that even if the economy was rough, there would still be at least like one of what you want oh. in a place. Right. It, was, it wasn't It was just on that edge of like revitalization or vitalization. I shouldn't say re necessarily. Where like, oh, this this you know, restaurant just opened up on the main street and there was nothing there forever. And if they don't survive the next two years, we'll go back to no restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. And I also met some people that were like, yeah, we like went to college here. We never left. Mm -hmm. Or just like that there were, there seemed to be communities of people that were, they found what they wanted Mm -hmm. and. Ooh, found. Yeah. Yeah. And then they stayed. And. So I was just trying to figure out what metric to use mm-hmm. about how to choose where to be. Okay. And I guess th- now we're starting to kind of come back to the question. Right. How which, do you choose where to be? How do you choose? And like the second question is asking about like, you know, your varying like uh, loyalties and identity. Like if you're a, a daughter or a parent or like mm-hmm. a spouse or yeah. a musician or What's like... That? What's that verse about people in my li- in my life or something? Now I forget the word. Um, every person that I've been comes yeah. back around. Yeah, totally. You are never out of my sight. Yeah. Oh, so it's every person I have been comes back. So you're talking about... It's kind of... I was thinking more that it's about like ver- different versions of uh, me. Yeah, but also when it switches to you, I feel like it could be changing perspective and talking about like other people in your life too and how they come back though it yeah it's like maybe maybe it's open to be both of those things yeah i think it was yeah. some of that too because right. in the summer i was just like traveling and staying with friends 
from really all these, these different people. parts of my life. Yeah. yeah. And like just recognizing that like there are mm-hmm. people that I thought that I wouldn't probably not yeah. that I had like a dramatic like I'm never going to see them again, but just yeah. like you just didn't know if they, if they were going off on another path and you were right. going off on a diverging path. And then it feels like inevitable to see some people like once you see people again and they come back into a new part of your life, it's like inevitable. How could it have been any other way? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. So in terms of the letter. Oh yeah. We have to answer this question. (laughs) I'm thinking like (laughs) too much fun in some ways. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly, right? Because <laughs> like, if you if you if you just kind of do you and you do you well, these things will roll out, and maybe you'll be in a bunch of different places. But the the people that you make these connections with ultimately will be yeah. you'll be yourself in these new places, and then the other people that are part of your world. Maybe maybe there has to be some amount of like intention to seek out those people, but I think we do that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that like the 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 only correct answer is to try to be the most you version of yourself. Yeah. Which in this situation might be like, well, but all of these could be me. Right. And acknowledging that, too, is a nice like, you know, off the hook thing, because maybe we don't have free will and you're just kind of rolling with it. (laughs) (laughs) And you got to feel good about whatever happens. Hmm. Um, I feel like that's a little bit of a cop out, but we're but a fair cop out. I mean, I don't know what a, any other yeah. answer would just be like. Yeah, you definitely want to live somewhere where like to get like you know, uh, talk big time scales again. You definitely want to like think about where you want to be found. Or like like. You know, just sort of like feel good about uh, where you end up. Yeah. Not be places that you don't want to be found. Right. Like what decisions can you stand behind kind of in terms of like, 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 yeah, I want to be in a community that is like supportive of each other or that like, um, you know, where people get together in community events mm-hmm. or like, you know, have just yeah, yeah. having, yeah, metrics mm-hmm. of, yeah. What do you think? You're smiling. I'm just, <laughs> I just, I really like the song. <laughs> I'm just a big fan of the song. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it does a pretty good pretty good job the song yeah Uh uh-huh yeah not of answering the question necessarily but of just like asking the right questions i guess so i mean like it's it's an impossible question to answer and you have to be at peace with it and i guess that's kind of i hope what the song does yeah you know and also like specifically for these people like I can't speak to what 
you should be you know like yeah. i don't know your personality i don't right, know right. like are you well suited to work at the white house right maybe right. no maybe not <laughs> like you know there are just some like practical limitations right that i think um are useful in determining mm -hmm. you know what opportunity cost you're willing to bear from your decisions yeah. and you don't know sometimes until you try something and then you get something wrong and it's all data on the way to wherever you have to go next mm -hmm. hopefully yeah i mean so from your like mm -hmm. life from your yeah. barata life experience yeah, my life, my broad life, my <laughs> sense of life experience like what how at what point when you were like maybe doing science stuff were you like no i actually want to pivot more towards music oh it was even as an under it was an, as, a, un, as an undergraduate in college yeah, because I I uh, I went to I went to a really good I went to Harvard, which is a good college. Yes, and um, <laughs> and it kicked my ass. It was really hard, and I was that for science. Yeah, yeah, for physics. Okay, and I and and math. I tried to do physics and math in combination to make it even harder on myself. <laughs> and I um, I came from a place where, look, I I, I loved my uh, education in high school, and I had so many great teachers. But the general, like, intensity of it was way less than when I got to Harvard. And I did really well in high school. And then I got to college. And I was no longer a, a casually effortless student. <laughs> I had to work really, really hard to kind of hang on. Mm -hmm. And I think I had a lot of my identity had been, um, you know consciously or not tied up with being a casually effort like good student I, w I was like good at school and mm -hmm. I considered myself good at school and now I wasn't and I think I started to find more pleasure and self-worth in musical things and so I just started doing lots and lots of music extracurricularly with all kinds of other people I met there it's full of smart clever fascinating people with divergent talents mm -hmm. <laughs> and um and then that was just where i started to kind of identify myself it's like oh that's what i'm a musician that's and and when i'm a musician that's when people appreciate me and that's when i appreciate myself mm. um and i kind of knew it about halfway through school that i was like well I, something's got i've got to figure out a way to go forward that's gonna be like uh, pleasant mm -hmm. you know so like how did you how did the feelings change about yourself when you were in doing physics versus music like how would you describe how you felt about yourself oh I was just a, I was just not very good at physics and I and I was fascinated by it but I just was overwhelmed by how behind I seemed to be compared to everyone else. And it was some combination of, of not having as rigorous a background in high school just because of where people came from and, and their different, you know, opportunities growing up and whatever. And um, also maybe deep down I realized that I did like thinking about music all the time in a kind of like maybe it did tickle a part of my brain that science never did even though mm. i enjoyed I, like i still enjoy I, i've been reading my physics and math textbooks again <laughs> some of them and it's really hard but I'm, I'm like enjoying getting back into them and making my mind 
work that way and like puzzling through Mm -hmm. those concepts and even finding ways to relate them directly to musical work that I'm doing now, which I haven't thought about in a long time. Mm. Um, And for years, my reflexive response to comments like one you made when we started this interview about uh, my compositional methods seeming mathematical has always been to push against those comments and like no no you, you don't even know like <laughs> uh but I, but I think there is some truth to that i think that there is like there probably are like broad ways of thinking and organizing strategies of art that are mathematical and influenced by like my scientific literacy that i never i would never even know mm-hmm. or never even think to to articulate um, right it's like so f- deeply entrenched in, in yeah, you it, it, it is a part of me and i'm i i you know there's a world in which i might have pursued that maybe had i gone to like a chiller school mm. like i would have been an engineer today or an actuary or <laughs> a consultant or something like that or a lawyer you know maybe i would have like taken my math degree and become a lawyer or something like that but but I think it was the combination of how intense it was and yeah, I don't know. So for, I was asking the feelings question just because I was trying to I know, I know. probe a little bit to be yeah. like, what kind of questions could you ask yourself in different scenarios okay. to kind of gauge whether that is the right thing for you? Hmm. And I think it's whether like you enjoy the slog of it like the worst parts of it mm. like and that I always told myself that in my 20s when I was kind of starting to go this direction I was like sometimes I did not like playing weddings and sometimes I got tired of my students because I taught a lot of private students and you know sometimes the students don't really want to be there or even more often if there's a weird dynamic with the parents because mm-hmm. you know like that could be frustrating and stressful and not feel very rewarding. And sometimes playing private gigs of one sort or another, or, or even like, you know, performances at venues of people's original music can be like a lot of work for not a lot of money and not a lot of respect and like horrible food in a back room and stuff like that. And, 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 and I still liked it. Mm-hmm. Like I still was like yeah i don't know it feels good i just like <laughs> like i still I, I i'll admit that i i phased doing so many weddings out of my life but not completely i'll still for you know i still find myself doing things like that occasionally and thinking just like wow everyone's I don't have to tell any of my friends to come to this show and <laughs> everyone who's here is psyched that I'm here and so ha- it's like the happiest day of their lives <laughs> literally really loving this music and they feel like it's a necessary thing to this ritual they're going through right now and it just feels like wow this is like the closest look I- I'm such a weird as an artist uh, you know, as a musician whether you consider me a craftsperson or an artist it's such a weird accident of the evolution of civilization that I can do this full time and <laughs> scrape by any kind of living, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to like making things that 
that either people can eat or shelter them you know like like, <laughs> like most like that's kind of what's important and the fact that I don't do any of that amazes me. But when I'm playing like a wedding and people are like cutting me these like perfectly respectable checks, it does feel a lot like, oh, this is like a fundamental. This is like older than history. Mm. This is like a thing that humans do that collectively or even instinctively we've decided is necessary and I'm doing that and I feel great about it. And like that I can feel good about even the worst, the worst, quote, worst <laughs> musical situations and be like, well, I'm exercising this part of my mind that fascinates me and the relationship of pitches and notes and rhythms and stuff in time and words. And I still like it. And I'm like, all right, maybe this is what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. But, and I feel like that's an incredibly privileged thing to say too because I don't know if that's a universal. Mm-hmm. Like, anyway, yeah, it's like, it's pretty, you know, I don't know if people who are like, like, if you, if you drive the trash, if you like pick up the trash, are you thinking like, you know, I really love picking up the trash. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. You know, like. Public works, I I hear they have good benefits. Oh, they, and they should. (laughs) I'd like, they should have great benefits, you know. Um, anyway, so maybe that's how, you know, like, yeah, if the worst is still, if the worst of it is you're still like, I like this deal, Mm -hmm. you know, like at the end of your day, you're like, this is cool. You know, this'll be, this'll, this'll do. Mm -hmm. Um, I know. What do you think? I mean, that handles the occupation side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's more. (laughs) I mean, I think that that could be elaborated to relationships too. Like, I feel like that's something that I hear. Do you like, do you like hanging out people with people at their toughest? Yeah. Yeah. In terms of like Mm -hmm. location. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I have that much to say beyond just like figuring out what's most important to you and like every every place you go you're going to be not somewhere else yeah i guess what i'm trying to do right now Mm -hmm. is kind of skirt the system a little bit by Mm. being in a kind of centrally located place where i can drive to other places and i have pretty low rent and so i can like and most of my work is remote so if i go somewhere else yeah it's okay i'm not losing a lot of money by not being at home or like having to pay rent somewhere where it's where all my money is going towards rent yeah that seems like a good deal and then so then i can have the benefits of being in a my town's like forty thousand people good solid community base like people are invested in Mm -hmm. the wellness and the artistic stuff and yeah um yeah the livability of the town is i think it's very livable um and then when i'm like oh i really could just use a splash of city (laughs) i want some anonymity for a moment then i just like you know drive to the coast and then have have a week of anonymity 
yeah. while I'm walking the streets of New York. <laughs> nice. um, so I, I think that there are ways that you can combine things mm-hmm. too, you know, where it's not just that you have to choose one way of your life being right right. like you can move around you can move around i know people that are just like nomadic and they Mm -hmm. just like house sit for like a couple months at a time in different places or maybe they have like three places that they kind of rotate through maybe maybe it's what you're what you find yourself doing not so much as where you find yourself Mm -hmm. or like like you can say where you find yourself but what you really mean is the situations in which you find yourself yeah you know not just the places and right. maybe the place doesn't even matter so much. But the right. I, it's like matters. probably mostly like relational situations. Yeah, mostly. That's, <laughs> important. that's more important. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I feel like we've done a, a solid job, a, a few different angles cool. for these questions. Do you think you'll, you've got an editable podcast episode? Yeah. Great. Do you want to do another take? No. <laughs> <You're> sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, okay. I just want to maybe say like, Thank you, Alec, for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure. (laughs) And I'm really excited that we got to do this in person. Yeah. Go head on over to alexspiegelman.com to listen to more of Alec's original music and make sure to check out Cuddle Magic while you're at it. Another cool thing that we do on this podcast is that we create a playlist for each episode full of songs that fit the theme Um, This particular playlist is chock full of really great songs by great musicians, and you should check it out. It's in the show notes. Um, Thank you to our Patreon subscribers. You really make this happen. If you would like to listen to a special extended version of this, um, go over to patreon.com slash sadiebgz. And finally, if you like what you hear, rate, subscribe, and tell all of your friends about it. Okay, cool. Um, Till next time.